What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you as always by Geek Vibes Nation. Tonight I'm joined by Luke Owls. What up, Luke? Not much, man. You know, just uh, trying to get over this uh, bad loss and where the Celtics are right now. But, you know, can't be more excited to talk about all the other fun playoff series that are going on. Yeah, dude. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, and we'll we'll obviously, like, get into this in depth. But if you had told me that at the after four games that there would be one series that is three one, this would have been the very last series that I had picked. Like, I I, I could have seen Portland or Denver being up three one. I could have seen Golden State being up three one. I could have seen Toronto being up three one. Uh, there's no fucking way that I, I would have predicted that Milwaukee would be up three one right now. Um, it's crazy, um, especially after game one. Um, but even be- like even before the series started, like, I mean, I, I picked this to go seven games. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point. Um, now, yeah, you know, like adjustments can be made and everything. Um, and, you know, getting Marcus Smart back should, um, you know, uh, it, it didn't help in game four, but it should. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 w- we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, I, it, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough look for your guys. Um, and it, it definitely brings into question, like what's going to happen this off season, which, you know, I, you know, honestly, I have been a, a kind of a big fan of, um, uh, like, balancing out the power and it's no 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 slight on your team i you know i yeah it's not like i'm like fuck luke celtics you know um i just i i I like the idea of like katie going to new york and Kyrie going to new york because that gives them like two stars and then a bunch of teams have two stars and you know we're kind of back to like 90s basketball where each team had two stars and there's not these super teams anymore um with all this parody like I'm, i'm really looking forward to on that happening, but like honestly, like I, I as of late, I've kind of just wanted like I, I've kind of preferred the notion that like you know Kyrie stays in Boston and you know they they you know make the trade for um, uh, for Davis and you know that's their two stars um, and then you know you get maybe. Katie and Kimba in New York, or, or Katie and just a bunch of good role players around him, because I think he's good enough to pull off what Dirk did back in 2011. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's the the questions are going to be circling and spiraling, um, 
And I, I, I think you very much um, susceptibly put it, uh, you don't want to talk about free agency until July 1st, um, so we won't talk about free agency until July 1st. Um, but nevertheless, we do have a lot of different playoff stuff to talk about. Um, we also have uh, some, some uh, other news to discuss. Uh, so number one uh, being, you know, all these di- different coaching situations for these teams that aren't in the playoffs right now. Um, we'll start with the Phoenix Suns. Um, they hired uh, Monty Williams to a five-year uh, deal um, to be their head coach. Uh, he was obviously um, rumored to, to be – uh, in the running for both this job and the Lakers job. Um, if you are to believe the reports, the Lakers preferred him over Ty Lu, or at least, um, you know, were uh, equally intrigued by him, if you will. Um, so this is going to be a multi-part question. Um, what do you think uh, about the hire for the Suns? And, and do you think that this, is the better um, job long-term for Monty Williams over the Lakers job? No, I mean, I love it for the Suns. I mean, one, like, really positive thing that you can do, you go out and you get a highly sought-after coach and and Monty Williams. And like you're saying, the Lakers really wanted him. I've read the same thing, that they liked him over Lou and they're ready to move forward, just – everything I've read about Monty Williams is he's really big on player development and like getting young guys and like, you know, making them better. And I think he probably looked at the Lakers situation was like, if you didn't want to do it with Luke Walton and I'm kind of just like Luke Walton, then it's not for me. And the Suns is a better job because, you know, yeah, they're, they're a terrible team and they've been for a while, but he doesn't have to worry about instantly jumping in making the Lakers back to being relevant. You know, he can do his own thing, get his staff, start developing these players. Obviously, he sees something in Booker and DeAndre Ayton that he like and the other young guys that they have and a first-round pick this year. So, um, big move, especially, like, for the Suns to take, like, to take a person over the Lakers. Like, you, that would have never been, like, said. Maybe back in, like, the prime Sundays, when Dan Antonio's first run, I mean, when he was there, but I mean, that's the only time I've yeah, really seen like the sun, days, maybe, sun's job, but... like a big, like a big, like, you know, sought after kind of like job, but I, I like it for the, the Suns. I mean, he's really going to help out the player development, really going to work with these guys. I think um, he'll probably get them on a plan too. Like, I think that's probably what helped him too is where Lakers, you don't have a three-year plan where it's like, Hey, you know, Here's why I project us, you know, these next couple of years. But our big picture is the three years from now. And this is where we should right. absolutely be. Where with the Suns, right. he can promote that. And he's like, I'll, I'll have a solid team before Devin Booker is a free agent. So he wants to stay here with us. So I think that one's a big deal, too. Because, I mean, right now the Lakers, they're, they're not on a three-year plan. They're on a what-can-you-do-for-me-tomorrow kind of thing. Like, they're now. Absolutely. Like, they need it. And, and that's like, and the and the thing is with that situation, it's like shit. What what can you do for me tomorrow? Like, you know, what can you as Rob Palinka do for me tomorrow? I.e., free agency. Like, 
are you going to give me the necessary tools to be able to coach a championship team? Um, and are you going to expect me to coach a championship team that is not a championship team? Like, there's a lot of lingering questions there with that Lakers job. Yeah, and there could have been a thing, too, where just like, you know, he sat down with Jeannie Buss and Polinka, and, you know, he might have been like, hey, you know, I really see some big things out of, like, Ball, Lonzo Ball and Ingram. Let me work with them, and I guarantee when, you know, Polinka and Jeannie might be like, nah, they're actually on the trading block, and we would right. keep them, but if we get if we get any opportunity to get LeBron a second superstar, they're gone in a heartbeat, and that could have, you right. know, because – Monty wants to work. He definitely, I think, you know, he, this is going to be a big stage for him. He wants to show what he's worth. So when his second job outside the Suns is going to be the big move, then you can go to the Lakers. You know, you've proven yourself. You can, you have this nice resume of like, hey, here's what I did. You can look at DeAndre Ayton's number after me, Booker's, Jared. I made something out of Josh Jackson. I got him back. So I think Monty did the right choice for him. Um, in the long run, too, I just think because you don't want to be – because, you know, he's got five years to kind of, like, do something, definitely three years. But you don't want to be past year one, you barely skated by, you know, you, you get the eighth seed, and now you're like, oh, I'm in the hot seat, and it's already rumored because L.A.'s not that place that's just, like, going to take this anymore. And I think that's also a thing, too. And um, it's the LeBron factor, too. I mean, yeah, you – LeBron's the one of the greatest players in the world, but it's just like, how do you coach LeBron and also be able to tell him, like, you know, hey, this is what I think you're doing wrong, and I'm going to hold you accountable. That's what I think Luke Walton kind of struggled with that one. And, um, you know, the Lakers definitely made a decision on where where they went after, you know, they missed out on money. And I think it worked out, but um, big win for the Suns, I mean. They they literally chose he chose the Suns who have been like the top three worst team. Your owner is terrible over yeah. L A. So that just kind of shows you where the hierarchy of big NBA heads are thinking. Where you know L A. might not be that flashy anymore, or just it might not be that sought after place. I mean, there's a lot behind L A. behind the scenes that not a lot of us understand, and and you know it might be too much and. Phoenix just looked like the perfect opportunity for him. Yeah, I I agree. I would if I was him, I would have taken the Phoenix job despite all of the shit that you were saying. It's like, but and that's the thing. It's like he really had the opportunity for two different jobs. Both have a lot of shit. Um, and so what it comes down to it is you have a kind of like somewhat shitty meddling owner, and then you have. Uh, like an owner in Genie who you should not like meddling. I, I wouldn't put like that on her at all. Um, but I think Bill Simmons kind of said it best in saying like, what has she done that can, you know, that she can show people that she's a good owner. There, there hasn't been anything. So at the very least inexperienced um, and obviously has made poor decisions um, uh, throughout her tenure. Um, you know, I think she learned from the decisions that um, Mitch Kupchak, the poor decisions that Mitch Kupchak and her brother made, um, but she still has a lot to learn. Um, so it's, you weren't going into a great ownership situation no matter which franchise you chose. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the fact that you don't have the um, the sort of championship timeline timetable of LeBron like hanging over your head that should like bode better bode better for you. And I think you bring up a great point in saying that like um, he wants to work with young guys and develop them, and uh, you know you don't know if those young guys are going to be there uh, in, in LA. Uh, so it, it, I, I agree with you. I think it, it makes more sense for him. Um, you know, and I, I like the decision, uh, on his, um, on his part. Uh, so let's transition over to the Lakers. Um, so they don't get money Williams and it looks like, uh, from all of the reports that we have <coughs> that they're finalizing a deal with Ty Lue. Um, so, you know, reuniting LeBron and Ty Lue, um, I, I'm fine with this. Like, I, I think, I don't think Ty Lue's a great coach. I think you couldn't, you couldn't run the risk of getting somebody who's like new. Um, you know, and I heard, you know, a few people say Jawan Howard would be interesting because, you know he would he he would absolutely be interesting in a interested in a head head coaching job, <laughs> but like I I think getting somebody who has that experience with LeBron is a good idea. I don't like I said I don't think Lou is necessarily like a, a good coach or a great coach or really good coach or whatever, um, but I think he's an adequate coach, um, and and I think that you know the fact that he knows. Um, Essentially, how to um, work with LeBron. He knows how to um, uh, coach a team around LeBron. Um, I would hope that he is going to get some amount of say in what they do with their their cap space this summer, um, and and in free agency. Um, and I, I would assume that it, that probably was discussed. Uh, and likewise, I hope the same thing with, with Monty Williams. Like, I hope Monty Williams went in there and said, if we get the number one overall pick, we're taking Zion. Um, and if you disagree with me, then I'm out. <laughs> like, I, I hope he went in there and said that. Um, like, I, I, you know, I get it. You need a point guard, but, dude, come on. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. Um, but, yeah, as it pertains to Ty Lue, like, I – I, I'm fine with it. It's obviously not a splash hire. It's not a great hire. Um, I know you had mentioned Eric Spolstra, th- that that would have been like the ultimate hire for them, and I, I agree with you. Um, and it, and it could have made a lot of sense, um, you know, on, on various levels. Um, but you know, obviously that didn't happen. There was probably some roadblocks. He's probably um, it, 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 as much. Um, loyalty and patience as that franchise has shown him, I think he would give that back to them. Um, so I, I didn't ever necessarily think that was a you know great possibility, though it would have been the absolute best case scenario for the Lakers. Um, but yeah, I'm fine with it. I, I it's, 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 and that's the thing. It's fine. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's not a travesty. It's not a clusterfuck, um, but it's also not great. Um, it, it, now it just kind of goes back to, all right, yeah, makes sense. 
you get a guy who like is comfortable with LeBron, knows LeBron, knows what comes with that territory, knows how to coach with LeBron and put the right pieces around LeBron on the court with what you give him. Um, but uh, you know, the question is, like, can you get the right pieces to put around LeBron? If you don't get a superstar, what do you do? Um, do you, like are are you really just gonna fucking try to sign one year deals and then wait out you know wait for Anthony Davis to hit the block you know the next year we've seen that play out with Paul George that didn't work out for you um, you know it's it's I, I still question what this team is gonna do in the front office I think that's I think that's just going to be a huge factor in this whole equation. Um, which is why I say I hope that Ty Lue gets some amount of say. Like if, if they don't get a, a a big free agent, like let's say that all of the big free agents either go elsewhere or stay with their team, um, maybe you look at that situation and you're like, dude, like there's still a lot of really good free agents out there. Like let's try to get a few of these guys, and if we have to pay them, um, you know, longer than one year deals. Let's do it, and then if Anthony Davis still wants to come here, then we can we can trade them. Like, let's just not make stupid signings. Um, we don't have to have the cap space if the players that we sign are productive. So let's sign productive players um, that fit with LeBron that can up their stock and their ante. Um, and you know, I, if it come if we aren't able to trade for Anthony Davis. Then you know we can look at um, you know uh, dumping players here or there as need be later on. Um, but I, I don't know. The, the Lakers are just such a clusterfuck right now. Um, it, it's it's uh, on, on some level as a person who's not particularly a Lakers fan and never been a Lakers fan, um, I I don't hate it. But at the same time, like. I, I, I can't help but feel like a little bad for him, just me personally, because I'm also not a Lakers hater, like yourself, Lou, um, which I'll go ahead and give you the floor. Um, what do you think about the Ty Lue signing, and what do you think that means for their team moving forward? I mean, at first, um, I just – you know, you lose out on Monty Williams, so now what are you really left with? I mean, much closer thing, that's a very long shot. It, like, it's not going to happen. He's probably going to be loyal to Miami and everything there, even though it just – like I said, it made sense. And then you all, you look at the other candidates, it's like Tyron Liu, Jason Kidd, and Juwan Howard, and it's like, do I want to go with the first-year guy? No. Jason Kidd's not a good coach. I mean, it's proven that – it's written right there what Giannis is doing with a real coach – and Jason Kidd could never do that. But there's different talent and all that, so you can't really – but I just don't think this. But, you know, you've always known my opinion on Tyron Lue. He's he's not a good coach, but I like it in the fact that he knows how to work with LeBron. And um, he's one that's not scared to back down and voice his opinion and tell LeBron, hey, no, this is what you're doing wrong. Because you could tell that with the Cavs. He can hold them accountable – and I think that's a big thing for LeBron is a coach that can actually hold him accountable. I mean, Luke Walton, not saying that he couldn't, but Luke Walton's big thing is player development as well, just like Monty Williams. You know, he definitely wants to, you know, he wants to appeal 
to his superstar and all that and like make everything sure everything's well and hold him but he's also in it for the long run of like hey I need to develop these players I need to get them you know so they're four years from now all stars and all that so it's just different coaching styles but I like the fact that you know they got they got Lou he's obviously a LeBron guy he knows how to handle LeBron LeBron actually respects him because this decision actually you know now LeBron's been on the team so you probably he had a say in it too and he was probably like, yo, get my boy Lou, even though I don't think he can coach offensively because it's pretty easy to coach offensively when you have LeBron and you put the right people around him, like you've been saying, not these people that are basically just like LeBron and need the ball in their hands at all times to create something. What he needs is shooters. So I'll agree with you. If he can help out because he definitely knows how to, like, get the right people and what trades. I mean, he, you know, he was definitely working with Griffin and then the la- the the sec- the GM after the fired David Griffin, but um, I also like it too. So I've been reading, and I know this is LeBron's camp trying to do this, but if they get Tom Thibodeau to join that, like, if they- so what you got to do now? If you're Tyron Lue, you need to make your assistant coaching staff the craziest ever. Like, you remember when like Mike Brown was on. Uh, Steve Kerr's and all that. I'm not saying like Mike Brown's a great coach. He's not. I mean, obviously because he would have a job, but it's just like you had these like established guys that it didn't pan out for them as like head coaches, but they do have a lot of like good things and they're like their value. So Tibbs would be a great defensive coach. I mean, that's one thing I've always held against Tyron Liu. He doesn't have adjustments. He doesn't like after game for game in a series, he doesn't really know how to defensively adjust his team to stop something. I mean, you just saw it. I mean, yeah, Katie's unstoppable, but there's a way to plug a lane so the guy doesn't drive down the middle every single time with no one down there and just dunking freely on you. And there's there's other ways that you know you can switch up games. So kids would be a great you know assistant coach. Another person I've heard that they're thinking about getting on the assistant coach thing is uh, Mark Vogel. So it's just like, if you get these guys, then, you know, I'm, I'm less worried about Tyron Lue there because, you know, there's some things that he can do as a coach, and then there's some things he's not. So if he can get these other decently bright minds instead of just, you know, going with a bunch of, like, young guys or, or his own guys and, like, expanding, you know, be like, I want to get, you know, Tibbs' defensive mind, even though it could kind of vanish at the end of his – head coaching career, but it's just like, if you can build your assistant coaching staff to like ridiculous, then the Lakers might be good and all that, because not saying like, you know, Monty wouldn't do something like that, but Monty's going to get his guys that are good at also at player development and all that. So in the end, you know, they definitely probably want Williams just because of what he's, what he's able to do. But I mean, if you didn't want Luke Walton doing the same thing, and I don't think Luke Walton's that bad of a coach, if you didn't want it in Luke Walton, why are you going to go to Williams? So might as well right. get a LeBron guy since you're on the ta- timetable. Like you're really on a three-year timetable because LeBron signed the four-year max with you and you already wasted one year of his, you know, his career with you guys. So what can you do right. in this three years? And Lou can definitely, unfortunately, you know, for me to say this, cause I still think he's a, just a bad coach, but I think it's it's the best decision in the end for the Lakers, and it's going to benefit the most. And if they can make their assistant coaching staff really good and get these other guys that it didn't work out for them, you know, like as a, a head coach, but you you're very like 
if you could be an assistant coach and just do that one thing, if Tibbs just were like, like just worries about defenses and defensive schemes and had him like, you know, switch from game to game and all that and change a half court set, then it's a good thing. So, you know, I think, I think it's a win. For yeah. Just don't put him in charge and Lakers. Well, yeah, no, he's not that. See, that's Tyron Luce. So that's right. the thing is like, when you exactly. get him on the assistant coach, you you know you're gonna look at Thibodeau and be yeah. like, bro, I don't you don't no, need I to be talking about minutes. Go down there and go right up, like go look at the board, what's happening, and come to me and tell me what kind of things we need to do and adjustments, and I'll yell it. Same with my world. Right. He can and, definitely and, help out. And like, can you try to make Kuzma a, a not a liability on defense? Like, like things like that. Like work with. We want you to like Bonzo's good. LeBron can turn it on when he wants to, though we all know he's not nearly the defender that he used to be, and most of that is due to effort. Um, But, like, can you you make a guy like Kuzma a non-negative on defense? Um, And, I mean, and and those are the kind of things that I agree with you. I think Tips would potentially be able to do. Um, Now, I, I heard that interest, too. I've also heard that Tibbs, the the kind of the rumor that's going around is that he's not interested because he wants to be a head coach. Um, but here's the thing: if I was Tibbs, I'd fucking take the job. Like, you're not going to get a head coaching job this off season. There's not that many vacancies, and then most of them are have already been filled. So you know, like, yet I would take the job for one season and then see where that gets you. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he'll see it that way, um, but I agree with you. I think it would be great for the Lakers. I think it would be good for Tibbs. Um, and I don't know. We'll see if that, that plays out. But, yeah, I do agree with you in the sense that, like, getting the people around Ty Lue, around um, figuring out that coaching staff um, is, is very important um, as well. Yeah, I mean – if they can just fill it out and help out Tyron Lue on his, you know, deficiencies and what he's not great at and just get, like, people that are known to be decent at it at times or, you know, even, you know, even really good at it, it just – it would help out the Lakers because, like you said, there's there's so much chaos right now with the Lakers where they're at. It's just, like, they have so many, like, roads they can go down right now and they have to figure out what their identity is and really just hone in right. on that. If that's, i.e., trading your young guys to get that big superstar AD and you just gutted your whole team and then matching, or if you really want to play it smart and do the right choices and spend your money wisely and then trade your your young pieces but don't trade them all, I think the Lakers, you know, can be back in playoff contention next year. Not guaranteed, but just in the talk of contention next year. And this is what I wanted to ask you. Right now, gut check, gut feeling. Do you think the Lakers will make the playoffs next year? Like no, like, and that's just, just your yeah. I agree. Well, I it's don't. A, it's I don't just, think so. They just have to do the things. Like I said, it's just they they're right now just standing at a road with like ten different ways for them to move forward, and they don't have none of them are all on the same line. Everyone in the organization is not on mm-hmm. the same line, and they have to hone right. in and really figure out what we're going to do. Because I mean, yeah. They're in the pressure of signing another superstar free agent, but if signing another superstar free agent and you have no other money to get depth and like the really the things that help out LeBron and a championship contending team, what are you really doing? So it's just 
they got to come through some choices now. So right now, no. Now, beginning of the season, say they've made some, you know, they've made some decent moves and all that. I could put them as a maybe. I don't, I'm not going to have them as a yes because I, the West is very strong. And it's not like, you know, they were, they were the ninth seed this year. I mean, there's some, I mean, Sacramento's not that bad. They're not going to digress that fast. I mean, yeah, they, they, the players that had the great year, but it's still like you have teams like that are like competing and like they haven't been competing in a while. So it'll be interesting. But right now, this could be for the best for the Lakers moving forward. Yeah, I, I want to ask you this too, real quick. Um, let's say the Lakers don't get any, you know, star free agents or even semi, um, like like B plus list stars like um, uh, Jimmy Butler or, or um, Kimball Walker. Um, you obviously don't want to trade LeBron just anywhere. Um, it would just be a bad look. For your organization, but like, what if you, what if you like sat down with LeBron and you were like, dude, look, we're not on the same page. Like, what would you think if we traded you to the Clippers? Like, you, you, like, you don't have to move. You still get to play in LA. Still get to play in the same fucking arena at least for the next couple years or whatever. Um, and if the Clippers like either miss out on free agency or um, you know, get a Kawhi Leonard to a multi-year deal who, you know, conceivably they would be signing him because um, he doesn't want to play with LeBron. But nevertheless, like, the Clippers would still, like, basically be able to be like, all right, well, we benefited off that. But, you know, um, obviously if we if we compare those two up, one at small forward, one at power forward, that'd be great. Um I I think there is a non-zero chance that um, that that could be. I, I don't think it'll happen. I just think it could be the best case scenario. Like if Kawhi goes and signs with them, they don't get anybody else. Maybe they re-sign a couple guys. Um, like maybe if you're the Lakers, you're like, all right, give us you know, um, give us. Gallinari to like make the money uh, work, and and he's an expiring and somebody who maybe we can trade to somebody else, um, and then like give us you know uh, some other pieces to make the money work. None of your like super core guys, but maybe some of your young talent. Like we like Shea, maybe we can pair him next to um, uh, next to Lonzo and have these like two like six foot six like creators on our team and, and see how that works out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think that might actually be the best case scenario. Uh, and furthermore, I like, I don't think you're going to get a lot for him, but I don't think you can just trade him anywhere. I think you have to like sit down with him and, and get him to approve it. Um, just, you know, for, to save any kind of face. Um, but, I don't know. I I, I I I thought about that the other day and it was just like, man, like if you had a team with like Pat Beverly, Landry Shamit, like just hitting threes, fucking Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, and then it, I mean Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams off the bench, like that'd be a 
fucking that would be a championship caliber team. That like that would be the probably the odds on favorite team. Um and the Lakers don't like not only do they not have the inroads to sign a max guy, they don't have the pieces around uh to, to like fit with you know LeBron and, and whatever max free agent they sign, they're still gonna have to make moves. Whereas the Clippers kinda do. Um I don't know, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think am I crazy here for thinking that it, it might be something that's just like mutually beneficial and LeBron doesn't have to leave LA and you know, and they could, you know, essentially make it work in the sense of, look, dude, like we're not gonna win like we didn't get any major free agents this off season. Like it, it, it look, do you want to do you, we're giving you, essentially we're giving you the option. Like we'll reach out to the Clippers as far as trading you to them. Um, if it, you know, if you want us to, um, if you don't like fine, we're not going to do it. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think I would maybe have that conversation if you don't get, you know, uh, you're not going to get KD. Um, you're probably not going to get Kawhi, uh, and you're probably not going to get Kyrie. So, like, those are pretty much the three difference makers um, as far as free agency assets. And you know, from at least from what I've heard, the the, the Pelicans they 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 just don't want to trade Davis to the Lakers. Um, now, maybe they they're forced you know, to do so because of not having a better offer anywhere else. But like, you know, if you, if you can't make any of those four options work, maybe that is the best case scenario. When, what are your thoughts on that? No, yeah, you're crazy. I hate to tell you. So um, the only reason <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen is because they just signed LeBron's guy, Tyron Lee. So they're committed to this LeBron thing. So the only right. way yeah. for that to scenarially work out is the Lakers are being sold as a franchise and the Butts family is no longer going to be there because that's the only sure. way. Because if you trade LeBron, you're, you're cleaning shop with the coach, the GM, they don't have a presence. So, and it, it, it like for that drastic of a, a thing, I would rather put money into Chris Middleton and Nikolai Vucevic, either one of those. In, 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 instead of trading LeBron. I actually like, that's what, like Vucevic. I like them both. I for, really either, do. Like, I like them both for playing with LeBron. They're pretty good shooters, and they could stretch the floor. I mean, you could do some things like defensive, like, you know, better defensively. But I don't want Middleton I mean, do to leave the Bucks, but I, 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 mean, I think I, the Bucks will give him the max offer. I, I think that Orlando may kind of waver on giving Vooch the max deal. Um and, and I think if you miss out on everybody else, like look, if you could bring in Vucevic, like yeah, you're 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 like really scraping the barrel on you know all stars at that point. But like, it, it does fill a position of need, and you know all of a sudden, you, you know you you have a complete team as far as the starting rotation. Um, I think you probably try to play Ingram at the two. Um, and, and you just go with, you know, Ball, Ingram, LeBron, uh, Kuz, and, and Vooch, and, you know, try to make that work, and then maybe you can trade Vucevic 
or any of those young guys to get other talent in there. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I actually do kind of like that move for them. Yeah, so, I mean, there's things that they'll drastically do. I mean, just the trading LeBron, especially to the Clippers, dude, they, the Lakers fans would burn down the arena. Like, even though the Clippers are leaving, like, no, dude, the Lakers fans think so low, uh, like, on Oh, no, 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 I get you, but I don't think. The, I don't saying, think they think high yeah, enough not of LeBron, loyal to LeBron is, is, is what I'm saying. They're not loyal right. to trade him to the Clippers to make the Clippers even better, and you've been on a six-year, like, you haven't yeah. been in the playoffs in six years, and you're you're going to give yeah. them the best chance of it, – it, it wouldn't, but, I, All right, you, you know, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I, I think it makes sense logically, but, yeah, emotionally it doesn't work. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, all right, the Bulls. They decided to extend Jim Boylan. It's rumored to be for three years. Um, obviously, they already like picked up his um, option for next year, which we, I believe you were on the, the episode when we talked about that. I think everybody on that panel questioned. Um, and uh, so, yeah, now they're extending him uh, for uh, – you know, if, if, if the reports are to be believed three more years – I I just I, I get that the, the I get the Bulls played well down the stretch after they made the the trade deadline deals. I I get that like they're not in the same spot that they were in when Boylan first took over as head coach, where he basically had like an uprising of the his players against him. Um, I get all that. I don't understand why you would commit long-term to a guy who just really hasn't proven anything. You can't judge things down the stretch of a fucking season. You're playing a bunch of teams that are either shitty and you beat them or aren't really trying because they're resting their guys and you beat them. Um, I don't – I just don't think that is um, like a a good – a way to judge things. It's just it's again for me. It's just Garpax um, being once again just like I, not good. I I don't understand. They got extended I think this year as well um, for two more years I believe, um, possibly more. Um, and I I just I don't understand it. I don't know why you would do that. I like look. I thought the Otto Porter trade was brilliant. I thought. I wouldn't go so far as to say brilliant, but I thought it was a very good move for them. Um, it fit the a position they needed, um, and like and like now basically it's like, dude, we just really need to get like a point guard, um, like a, a solid point guard who can play some defense and has some length. Um, that's pretty much what John Moran is, uh, and you know hopefully you can get him in the draft, uh, but you know we'll we'll see how that plays out uh, on the 14th. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I don't understand why. Like I, I just don't get why you would, you already gave him next year. You already guaranteed him for next year. Like, why wouldn't you just play out next year and see how things go and then make a decision? Um, whether it be during next season or, um, after next season, I don't know why you would like tack on more years to that. It just doesn't make fucking sense to me. Um, 
given that we don't really know if he's a good coach or not. Like, it seems like you'd want to know that your coach is good before you extend him. Um, it, like, am I wrong here uh, in your eyes, or, or do you kind of see this the same way I do? Um, I'm 50-50 with you. Um, I'm with you that uh, he hasn't really proven anything. And like like you said, he came in, and when he first took the job, he did not have any of the players or the locker room. I mean, he, they had that grueling practice and all that, and then there's the uprising. But, you know, like you said, they, they played well down the stretch. But, like, I mean, then again, you can only look at the glass, like, half full right there because you got taking teams and, like you said, resting. But, the reason that I'm kind of like I don't mind it because, yeah, they gave him for one more year, but one more year as, like, a person, that's a lot of pressure. It's like I really got to do this thing and all that. Well, now they've given them the – they've given themselves also a better out. So they give him this three-year plan where it's just like, hey, you know, not as much pressure. We – and, he, I mean, he could be a good player development coach. I mean, he was on the assistant coaching staff, you know, before – and maybe they want to stop this endless cycle of, like, just recycling coaches and only having two years. So the whole fact that, you know, now that you give the you give them the mindset that, hey, we're committed to you for a couple of years, so there's not as pressure um, in this first year. And, you know, hey, maybe year three and you're not doing it, we can fire you and we'll split ways. But at least you're not having this pressure because the Bulls aren't really going to be anything right now, even if they get John Moran. I mean, what are you really – yeah, the East is bad, but what are you really competing for? I think – stability is what they're trying to get in there. I mean, ever since Thibodeau left, they've just gone through a, like a bunch of coaches. There's no good coaches sure. on the market right now, nor is the Bulls an appealing job. I mean, well, do any other job better than that. Well, wait, wait. Here's what I would say um, to that. Like, if you hadn't extended Boylan, like if you just made him the interim coach, like what's to stop you from going and getting Luke Walton? Like I, I just me personally, I'd rather have Luke Walton than Jim Boylan. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't necessarily know that Luke Walton's a better coach. Um, and again, you'd be probably offering him the same amount of years, probably same amount of money. Honestly, um, I don't know. Actually, maybe with Walton, you'd be because you'd be you'd have another bidder out there with the King, so maybe it'd be more money. I don't know. Um, but like, I. I I, I question them giving him the extra year, um, and then I, I I just further question them like doubling down on that. Um, I like I I know we haven't heard you know really a lot or anything since you know the initial thing about you know you, you mentioned the practice and all that, um, but I don't know, man. I I don't I just don't think. I don't know why you would give him a, a, a semi-long-term extension. Like, maybe if you wanted to make him feel good, give him one extra year. Um, but I don't think I would have even done that. I would I would have wanted him to prove it. I would have wanted the pressure to be on him and to say, look, like we, we're giving you this one year. Um, we want to see how you do, um, how the team reacts to you. We're not I wouldn't be putting the standards on him that, like, you need to make the playoffs. I wouldn't be, like, saying that. Um, But I would be saying, like, we want to see what happened in Atlanta happened this year. Like, we want to see, like, like, 
our, the buzz uh, around our fans being like upped. We want to see um, this team uh, start somewhere and progress somewhere else. Um, we want to see uh, growth out of these two or three players. Um, and, you know, like we, you know, particularly we want to see you be able to utilize Wendell Carter in a, in a fashion that makes fucking sense because you, you haven't figured that one out yet. Um, and Wendell Carter was way better um, under Hoiberg than he, he was at any point um, uh, under Boylan. Um, he's kind of a big piece to like what you're trying to build. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that I, I think it was like a rush of judgment, which is kind of the Garpax MO. Uh, I, 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 again, like maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm being too cynical, but I just didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I like I understand he still has a lot to prove, but he didn't have his whole team. You just – it's just when you're at a job, you would work better when you know you have more stability than having to prove yourself in a year. There's just – it's just – you got to yeah, – yeah, you're a coach, but you got to look at it as like he's a person and, and every human, and he's just trying to do his job. Yeah, he's got an awesome job in coaching, but there's a lot to do when – the Chicago Bulls aren't anything. Now, I want to give you this, like, if I'm putting this effort into you, I'm going to give you four years. I want to see marketing take this step by year, by in two years, you better be here. I, I need Wendell Carter to be healthy, and really next year, let me see what they're going to be with. I want to see what you can do. So, you know, you've given them that, but, like, you have more outs than, like, extending him another year. It's just, like, a two-year plan, like, Chicago's not in a two-year plan. Chicago's in like a a seven-year plan if they're at, at that best. Like I, that's I mean harsh to give, but like yeah, a, they're two years franchise. away from being two years away from being two years exactly. left. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's just like you're giving this guy just you know less like pressure and then more pressure on like we want to see what you can do with these guys in three years by by in your third year they better be like marking and better be this power forward that like. Everyone's first a mad that they skipped out on him, and he is like all star. Like he is playing because he's a really right. good player, but he is taking he's that so step in. And I want to see Porter. Yeah. I want to see Porter with like more, like more opportunity now that he's not playing in the shadow of John Wall and Bradley Beal. I want to see him like have more opportunity. I like your idea of um, eventually like Zach Levine being like a Lou Williams six man type um that makes so much fucking sense to me um i i i i fell in love with it the moment that you said it um but like the more that i thought about it the just the more that the i've loved it even more um i i think that would be the ultimate position for zach levine um and like can you can can you build the team up and like have him be cool with that role to where he can still like get you know big buckets and close out games and everything else like Lou Williams does but like be comfortable with like coming off the bench um I th- I, I think all of these are are you know things that they need to work out um uh, but no I mean I ultimately I agree with you um in the sense that uh you're not if 
they did indeed sign him to a three-year deal. You're not three. You're not less than three years away from being um, a. I wouldn't even say championship contender, but just like a a legit playoff contender, like not making the playoffs, but like being being viable in the playoffs, being essentially like the Blazers or the Nuggets right now. Like you're you're more than three years away from that. So, um, in that sense, yeah, I guess you can't give them too much shit. But I don't know. I I, I don't. I, again, and here's the other thing. I don't know how good of a developmental guy he is um i i just feel like there's so many questions around him um but we'll see i i always felt like them going with him after hoiberg was like the classic case of the pendulum swimming um swinging too far in the opposite direction um in that hoiberg was a you know kind of let the players get by with shit like not uh not being commanding enough, and then you get a guy who's like the opposite, you know, too commanding, too like we're we're running suicides. Like, um, I, I don't know, maybe maybe um, maybe he's grown from that mistake and 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 you know figured some things out, and they've seen that, and and we just don't know it, um, and that's certainly a possibility, um, but. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but let's get into playoffs, man. We've, we've talked too long for about coaches and shit. Uh, I want to talk first about uh, the Warriors-Rockets series. It's now a series. Um, and uh, I, I want to know really just two things from you. Your overall thought of the last two games and how the Rockets have been able to come back. And furthermore, um, you picked – the Rockets in six, I believe, um, which is absolutely a fucking possibility right now. If they somehow fucking win game five, like, I, I, I definitely think uh, they have a very high probability of winning in six. Um, obviously, they have to win game five. Um, but w- what do you think about what the Rockets have been able to do in the last two games? And, like, do you still do you still feel like the Rockets are going to win this series? No, I mean I'm so happy that the Rockets are back to playing the basketball that I thought they were able to do. I mean, I Me came into too. before I came in before like even this series thinking that they're going to win. Just they're just a really good team, and um, I think Kevin Durant said it perfectly yesterday. They're just shooting the three ball better than Golden State right now. I mean, if you, you can draw the lines and everything and, maybe, and say maybe Curry's having – Maybe a small shot at Curry there, maybe? Well, yeah, but but <laughs> then again, like, it's like Curry, we don't know. I mean, his finger looked terrible first off when he dislocated it. I Dude, was looking and I was like – His finger looked fucked up. And but I was just like, you got to pop back way big. Yeah, but still, that's going to affect you a little bit. And it could, it could be two bit. of them, but it's just – but like it's still like you can't just put it. I mean, Clay's not been having the greatest of like performances ever. I mean, no. Durant's just well, doing he had a Durant terrible thing. game last night. Yeah, I mean, he just was not playing well at all. I mean, but then no, again, you know, Houston on the road. But I think right. it comes down to Game Five right now. I mean, I, yeah, I had him in six, and I'm still with him in six because 
Whoever wins game five, always to me, when you're in a 2-2 series, you're going to win the series because you've obviously stolen the momentum. There's a lot in behind the game five. Like, you know, the big games that you got to look at, game ones are always iffy to me just because, like, you can have a team on rest for a while and all that, and the energy's not right. there. But what I'm really looking at, like, your big responsive energies is, like, game three, game, you know, three or four, especially game five. Now what's happening I think two now, and now three, you know your outcome. I think two, three, and five are the big ones for me. Like, two, three, and five tell me who's going to win the series. Um, and two told me Golden State was going to win it. Three told me that, I don't know, maybe they won't win it. And game five, I think, is going to tell me who's going to win the series. I think whoever wins game five wins the series. I do. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, um, Harden's definitely playing great basketball. Um, Chris Ball's starting to do a little bit better. He was not anything in my mind in the first two games, especially like, you know, Chris Ball is why you came here and all that. And Clint Capella was absolutely terrible. Maybe he needed to go back home. It's not like he's been playing so much better, but he was just he, – he was so bad those first two games that it was better if they just kept him off the floor, and that's not what you should be doing when you yeah. have Andrew Bogut and Kavon Looney as the two centers playing against you. This is mismatch yeah. central, and I need it, but he really was ter- that bad that they had to take him off the floor. So, you know, they're playing a lot and better. And it worked out, right though. Now. It it's did. Like, it, it worked out. Way, yeah. I mean, the way they utilized him in game, especially game four, but game three and four, like, ended up being positive for them. So, it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be a fight. But um, right now, I think Houston's back to being, you know, that that team that, like, they just got a lot of different depth. I mean, they can go at you at so, like, so many ways where it's just Golden State's bench has not been really that great. I mean, is Iguodala I mean, considered one of their bench players now because he's been starting? So it's just like, right. it's just it's, it, there's a lot of question marks. And when Curry is not like you know at his like what he should be, you know the 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 Curry that we all know, and this is why he's getting so much scrutiny on having such a bad shooting performance. And it just it's going to take a lot out of Kevin Durant. And I mean, like you said, I mean Durant's a really good player and he can do this. Like you, you can see him with the Knicks, but when you're in these playoff fights and all that, and you're not just going up against the team that you should automatically just beat, like on paper you're beating them. No, this is the team that brought you to seven last year that really competed with you. And now they, it's a little bit different of a team, but it's still the same one that knows how to play you with the healthy Chris Paul. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, um, I mean, they've been fun to watch. I mean, the, the, I think the point differential right now, like all, uh, all Three the points, or four points. Up, I think it's, yeah, it's 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 like a, it's a very small margin, so it's like they're yeah. they're just playing head to head right now. It's anyone's yeah. series. It's just it's right now. Harden and KD will be doing Harden and KD. It's what can Chris, what can Chris Paul slash Eric Gordon Capella do against Clay and and Steph? Like those are the big ones that I gotta Adrian. see. You know, yeah. Well, yeah but I, I mean, like Clayton. Clinton, Eric Gordon are split in half. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just halfing them as, oh, like, okay. they're equal yeah, yeah. to what, like, Clay could do. That's what I meant, like, yeah. you know, they're not, like, that, you know, on Chris Paul and their level. But, you know, the both of them together can give me enough to what natural Clay can do. So, I don't know, man. Eric Gordon has been the best, the, the, the best player outside of James Harden for Houston in this series. Like, he didn't have a good game last night, but he's been better than CP3 in this series. 
for sure. Um, and CP3 needs to step it up. He needs to step it up on the road, um, on the road, the road. Um, and if he does that, like, I, I think that, you know, the Rockets have a chance. If he doesn't, they're fucked. Like, he played great at home. He knew how to bait the rest in the calls. Um, you're not going to get those calls on the road. Um, and, like, so, yeah, let's just see if he can adapt and, you know, uh, survive on the road. I, I don't know. I, 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 I literally don't know. I, I think that it could, but I, I totally think he couldn't. Um, I think that's going to be – I think Chris Paul's performance in this series is going to be huge going forward. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I think Chris Paul, I think it's, it's all of the supporting effort. Um, and I also think it's interesting that um, it would, when it comes to Golden State beating Houston, they, the, the, the biggest reason that they beat them isn't that any other than KD, like any particular player they have doesn't like necessarily do great. It's just they, they shut the, that team, Houston, down on defense. Um, they, they just like defensively, um, make life so hard for them. Uh, and they have not been able to do that in the last couple games. And it, it's just, you know, they've been able to, Houston's been able to eat those games out. And when they were able to shut them down, um, Golden State was able to eat them out. So this has by far been the best fucking series of, uh, this second round. Um, I, I I think that it you can make an argument for Denver and and um, Portland, but like because you know the four overtime game and the fact that it's two two, but it, it, this is this is the one that matters. This is like like we all know whoever wins this series is going to win the next one, um, barring any sort of unforeseen injury. Knock on wood. Um, but like yeah, it's it's dude, it's. Everything we wanted uh, after four games, and it's it, dude, it's gonna be a fucking shootout. Game five, man, it's that is so big, so fucking big uh, for this this series. Like whoever wins game five, I really do think wins this series. Um, and uh, so yeah, we'll let's see how it plays out. Um, any final thoughts on this series before we move on? Yeah, one quick one is um, the only thing that I can see, like, ruining the Rockets is um, I have this weird feeling just because he's been playing so bad and there's no injury tag to him. Clay's going to have one of those clay quarters where it's just the third quarter and he just scored 24 points on you and just had one of those yeah. just like, what the hell just happened? Game six. Because the clay game. Clay just one of type. Shit. He's just one of those players. He's quiet and all that and doesn't really show you a lot of emotion. But you know he's damn well in the gym right now. And he's shooting. And he's playing. And he's yeah. going to put more defense. And he's going to not be in defense, I mean, foul trouble like he was last game. And I just can see him just coming out and just having one of these third quarters where it's just like, what the fuck? Like, the Rockets had it. And Clay Thompson just decided, to, you know, hey, here I am. And I can do this just because right now with Curry, I mean, he could do it too, but I, 
it's more that it's the nervous feeling that Clay can do it just because there's nothing wrong with Clay right now. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, dude, I totally feel you. Clay Thompson's probably, like, just, like, non-affiliated, like, for non-affiliated reasons, I guess. Um, like, for any team that I root for or whatever, um, he's just my favorite player in general in the NBA. Like, I just, I fucking love Clay Thompson. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think um, he, he's... I don't necessarily think he's underrated, but I, I, I do think that um like he could do even more if he if he needed to. Um and he's just so fucking good. Um and he played terrible in the last game. Uh well he just shot terribly. Um but he's always he's always giving you defensive effort. Um I thought it was I thought it was interesting that um uh Steve Kerr um kind of thought I guess the same way that uh, you and I did that uh, you put clay on Chris Paul because um, like, Harden's going to get his and whatever. Um, and there was a moment in the last game where like Katie was like, I'm taking Harden. Like he's, he's mine. Um, and that was probably a good move and maybe something they should like look at going forward. Um, but like, I, I like, especially if they're going to run that like super small lineup. Like if, if, if you're going to run like four guards in a, in a fucking uh, small forward playing, um, or you know whatever a six. A, a, he's more of a power forward now, but like still a six six forward at your center. Like, yeah, put put Clay on like Austin Rivers, like uh, or I'm not Clay, uh, uh, Steph, uh, defensively, um, totally makes sense. Uh, but I think uh, I think the adjustments are going to be interesting uh, in in Game Five and how they work those out. Um, and I. Just again, just fucking love Clay Thompson. Like he's, uh, he, he's fucking amazing, and he's done a really good job against uh, Chris Paul in this series. Um, and I, I think when they get him back home, he's going to continue to do that. I agree. I think he's, I think, I, at the very least, I think he and Steph have an equally good game. I don't necessarily like expect a blowout, but I do. Expect a convincing victory from the Warriors in this game five. Uh hope I'm wrong. Like I totally don't want that to happen, but I, I do think it will. Um but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um all right, let's move on to the next series. Uh and I'm sorry I have to I'm sorry we even have to like fuck talk about it, but of course we do. Um Bucks Celtics. Um Giannis just figured things out. I mean, he 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 just didn't have it in game one, and even in game two. Like in game one, like Al Horford was the best player on the fucking court in that game. Like there is no question. Um, and you know he didn't even necessarily really bring it in game two that they got the W. Um, but in games three and four, man, he's figured it out and. He's getting to the line um, at at a somewhat remarkable rate. It's funny. I was watching game three, um, and some of the foul calls that he got, I was like, oh, my God. I I just know, like, Luke is so pissed right now. Because, <laughs> um, like, he, like, 
been me as like an, a non-partial viewer. Like I was like, all right, like that's, that's, yeah, I mean, you could call that a foul. And then on, on, in game three on that, like that heroic fucking dunk, that badass dunk uh, from Jalen Brown on Giannis, it was like essentially the same amount of contact that Giannis was getting foul calls on and Jalen Brown didn't get the foul call there. Now, I know, like, people can say, like, yeah, well, it was 26 to 27 as far as, like, free throw attempts, like, all that. And that's, yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't think that, I don't think the refing was egregious. I don't think it was, like, utterly terrible. I just think they were more inclined to, like, call contact on Giannis for whatever reason um, than they were um, for, you know, the, the, the Celtics players. I also think the Celtics like players did not adjust to that. They did not drive to the lane and create contact. Kyrie did get to the line 10 times, I believe. Um, but he's not really one. He, he, he more tries to avoid contact than finish through contact. Um, they need Jalen Brown and Tatum to fucking go to the fucking bucket and create and play through contact and get foul calls. Um, and we just have not seen that from this Celtics team. And it's so unfortunate because they, both those guys are capable of it. Um, Brown has been willing to do it. Tatum has not. Um, I, I, my big takeaways from what Boston is failing at right now is um, to, to – uh, like obviously, just just Kyrie not hitting shots um, that he should be hitting. Um, that's that's killer, and there's not really like any sort of game plan that you can have for that. I mean, it's just he's just not hitting them. It's not even like Milwaukee's defense has been um, next level superb against him. Like they they've been good against him, but he usually makes hard shots against good defense. Um, that's like kind of his MO and he has not done that in the last two games. Um, and then my other one is just Tatum is being too fucking passive. Tatum needs to fucking drive and get to the fucking lane and draw fouls and make the refs fucking make calls. Um, and those two things are not happening. Meanwhile, Giannis is doing it and he's, I, I, again, I think, at least in game three, I don't think as much in game four, but in game three, um, he, he was getting, um, the benefit of the doubt, um, on most of those calls, but that's what I'm saying. And that Brown and Tatum need to do the same thing. You need to force the referees. If they're going to call that shit for fucking, um, for, for Giannis, any sort of like ticky tack little contact fouls on drives, like, those are the two guys that you need as the Celtics to fucking force the issue and make them call that on your behalf. And if they don't do it a couple times in a row, um, you know, then you can start getting the fucking crowd on your side saying, what the fuck, dude? Like, how, like, how is it a foul for him and not a foul for us? Like, and they didn't really do that. They still settled for jump shots, um, especially Tatum and, I just feel like, again, it's been talked about all season. The team's identity has always been in question. Um, I 
I think I don't mind Kyrie doing his ISO stuff um, at times, um, but I do think you know they need to they need to initiate offense and, and work the offense and, and have a combination of two and those things have never quite flowed together. Um, but again, my biggest thing is just if, if, if Giannis is just driving to the lane and getting so many foul calls, you need to do the same thing and make the refs fucking call that shit for you. Um, especially on your home court. Like that is the thing that frustrated me most about that game, watching it from, I guess the point of view of like, I, I don't have like a horse in this race. And from the point of view of like, damn it, I, I want it to be Sixers and Celtics. So I'm kind of like rooting for the Celtics, even though I'm like, not really. Um, but uh, I don't know. Obviously you're, you're probably more keen on all of these things. You probably have um, kind of more insight into what you want your team to do and what, the rest and what you're looking at from the Bucks. Uh, what is your thought right now on these last two games in the, in the series as a whole? No, I mean, I'm I'm frustrated, man. I mean, it's it just, it's as simple as that. I mean, there's so many things that I could just go into, but I'm just going to try to keep it broad. I mean, Giannis is always going to, like I've been saying, he's always going to do his thing, and you can't keep the rest. Yeah, we could have won the motion of a crowd over and try to get some calls, but you can't put the ball, you can't put the game in the ref's hands. So, we got to eliminate that. And it, what really hurt us is it wasn't Giannis doing his thing because he did it game one. It was the other players doing their thing. Eric Bledsoe has been way better than he was last year. I mean, dude, he's making Rozier look terrible right now. Um, so he's been playing really good. I mean, Middleton's been doing Middleton things, but it's just like other people. The first game you you had all the other people around, Giannis and minus Middleton, no one was doing anything, so it was really easy to, uh, you know, phone it like you know, like zone in on Giannis when he's coming and have always two people blocking the lane or three people. But now we're having to press right. out and worry about everyone else. So that's just so yeah. What really frustrated George Hill, me. George Hill and Pat Connaughton, man, like those are two guys yeah. who've just fucking like played valuable minutes for them, like that you would just not expect to happen. Especially Pat Connaughton. Like I've, I've always kind of liked Pat Connaughton. I was a, I was a fan of him when he was with the Blazers. But, um, like you wouldn't expect him to, to give you super valuable minutes in playoff action. Um, but he has. Yeah. So that, that that's like what I was about to say. The frustrating part is like those two doing the thing. I mean George Hill right now. We cannot stop Hill. Like I don't understand it. It's just it's so frustrating and. They're playing really good team ball as well in um, the Bucks, so they're really just playing well and feeding off each other. What killed me yesterday was around the five-minute mark left in the game, we stopped playing basketball, and we started playing hero ball, where if it didn't come from Kyrie's hands and he just didn't keep it the whole time, whoever's hands had gotten two nets, it never left them. They were going all ISO, all, I'm going to try to hit the three and all that. There was no attempt to go to the to the lane. Gordon Hayward, I hate to say, but he has just vanished um, completely. I don't know what happened to him. He had a he's pretty good last series, so I don't understand. He has just been completely yeah. just taken out of this Dude, series. Was, which, yeah, and not only did he have a last like like good like month solid month of the season, um, and and like and he had 
you know, obviously the good series against uh, Indy. Like, I mean, he just – he seemed like he was back. He seemed like he – like from those two instances, he seemed like he was back in prime and ready, and he's just ghosted again. And it's it's baffling. Like, I, I – I, like, I know Milwaukee has a really good defense, um, but you're in the second unit. Like, you should be able to create things and to, like, get to the bucket and make shots and just do, like, basketball things that you had started doing over the last month of the season and last year it just hasn't happened. It's just been bad. Yeah, so it's just, like, he's the one that, like, makes me mad because, like you were saying, Brown and Tatum could get to the line more, but Jalen Brown is a terrible free-throw shooter, and I'd rather him not just go there and, and torment me. He'll hit one of two every other time. It's like, it's just, I don't know. He just, he struggles at the yeah, free throw line. Yeah, like around like 65, 70%. Yeah, it's just, it, I'm telling you, man, he, he's really good at making one of the two. Like when he hits two for two, <laughs> it's, it's it's not as common. Like well, he's a great player. Like don't let me bash on him. He's really good. Like yeah. he's been playing elsewhere, but. I, I could see why he's not trying to get to the line and just trying to finish. And then Tatum last game was definitely making himself known. And the first half, it was just, you know, playing how we, how you were, like, wanting him to play, like, you know, driving to the bucket and all that and, and getting fouled. But it's what happens with Tatum is um, I don't know if he wants to be too assertive yet. Like, he's not at that where his career where he's just like, no, give me the ball. Like, seriously, just, guys, stop letting me vanish for, like, four minutes on this court after I just went on this tear. And let me just keep on doing my yeah. thing. Like, all these guys, aren't, like, aren't doing their thing. But I think he understands hierarchy, and it, it all goes to Kyrie. But, I mean, Kyrie will figure it out. It's just if the Celtics have a chance to come back in this year, which is really small, but it can happen. You know, I'm still rooting for my team. Okay. So, yeah. is we need – our seventh and eighth, I mean, uh, yeah, seventh and eighth player to be playing better than, than theirs in George Hill and, and, and Connington because there's no reason right. that those two players should be playing better than if it's Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward, Smart, Rozier. There's no reason that those two people should be playing. So that's the way. Yeah. And um, I really uh, – I, you know he he's had a good year and he and he's done good but Marcus Morris um, torments me completely. I'm just gonna end it on this because I'm just kind of stop. But uh, I think he initiates hero ball play because there's a lot of times when he gets the ball in the offensive scheme and the ball's moving around. As soon as it hits his hands, it's not moving. I know a hundred like it is a, a like a ten percent chance that he's gonna pass that ball out or he's just gonna try to shoot it or drive and all that stuff. So, he frustrates me big time because it's fine if Kyrie's doing that or like you right. know Tatum because you know they're the they're those types of player but you cannot be doing this and it's just I think he just I don't know he puts a damper on like what we can do offensively like it just it the ball sticks to his hands and I mean don't get me wrong he makes some big plays and all that but there's a lot of times where he's he's overdoing it. Yeah, you want him. Yeah, I mean it's like you. You want him to be him. You don't want him to try to be um, Kyrie. Like that's, I mean, that's the thing. Um, like catch and shoot things or whatever. Like fine. Like 
He's, I mean, he, he was so great, like so clutch early in the season on these like catch and shoot plays. Um, and like, yeah, get him those. Like if he misses them, you're fine with it. Like, um, but like, yeah, you, you don't want him ISOing. That's not, that's not the offensive play that you, you want to run. Um, I want to ask you this real quick before you move on. Um, I know a lot has been talked about Tatum after last season, going into this season, throughout this season. Um, I'm a little concerned that Tatum could be like Tobias Harris 2.0 right now. Um, now, I know it's only his second season, and he's way better than Tobias Harris was in his second season. Um, but I see a lot of those um, – I don't know the those kind of same elements that I get from Tobias Harris. Um, and I, I, I think he should be better than that. I think he has the potential to be better than that. I worry that he's not going to be better than that. Um, do, do you have this worry right now or, or, or are you just kind of still like, he's still young. Like he's still got um, a lot of time and not really thinking about that or not worried about that. Um, yeah, I mean, just where are you in in that regard? Did, do you think that, that I, I guess, that maybe not necessarily just do you think that's a possibility um, or, or, or a probability or whatever, but do you think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's, a, there's at least a reason why I could think that right now? No, I'm not worried. Um, it's like I said, um, I think he understands his role right now, and, and he's not in that Kobe mindset where, like, you know, after a year two, Kobe was like, no, 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 this, this is my team, this is my team. Like, I think he understands, like, the chain. I think if he – I mean, dude, if you make the whole team around him, that he has to get a better mind of getting to the to the, you know, to the line more and driving and all that yeah. and stop taking these, these, like, you know, very just – Dicey mid range or and well, all that. It just According to Bill he Simmons, drive. he can't dribble for shit. Like that's, I mean, that was you, Bill Simmons. You can like, work on it today. You can work on yeah. it because you don't have to work on your shooting as much. I mean, that's all he did last summer with the uh, you know his shooting coach and all that. You can work on your dribbling and all that and getting to the line and all that. So at least that's. So I I'm, think I'm he not can improve a lot that. there. Yeah, I, I like. I'm not going to bash Tobias Harris because I do think he's a good player right now, but um, I, oh, I, I think, think he's Tatum a very still good has. Player. I, I still I just, think Tatum has saying. a lot to prove. I think. No, I and that's the thing. Like I like I don't. I guess I'm not. I'm not trying to make that comp to say that like, um, like Tate, uh, like Tobias is is a bad player or, or not even like a, a really good player, but like that's. I I have this sort of, I don't know, I don't want to call it like a feeling or anything, but a, a, a worry, if you will, that maybe Tatum, he got like rushed to this like superstar status because of last year's playoffs, and maybe he just got hot. Like, I mean, maybe maybe he's not a, like a fucking, you know, number one option in the future. Um, maybe, maybe he is a Tobias Harris, and if he is your number one option, then you know your ceiling is a first round exit or at best a second round exit. Um, I don't know. I I just I get that feeling that 
that could be um, his trajectory um, if he doesn't, you know, work on the necessary components of his game. Um, and and maybe even if he does, like, it's, it's just like he maybe he's, you know, like I, I, I think the biggest reason is because Tobias doesn't get to the line. Like, he doesn't force the issue. He's always avoiding contact. Um, and he, he does well with it. I mean, he, he makes, like, tough shots avoiding contact. He did it several times in game four um, when he was driving to the lane. And, and it's just he's very good at it, and it's it's exciting to watch. But it's like at times I'm like, dude, like, you fucking just take to the rim. Like, get the foul. Like, you know you're going to make both these free throws. Like, like, do that. And, like, I want Tatum to do that too. And I, I, I don't know. I just see a lot of, I see a lot of Tobias Harris and Tatum, and it, and it kind of worries me that maybe he's not, like, you know, um, uh, I, I don't know who I would compare to otherwise, but like maybe he's not, you know, the the next future, um, uh, superstar. Maybe he's just the next future all star. And that concerns me a little bit, um, you know, for for him and, and your team. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. All right. Well, I feel you. I hope you're right. I want I want Tatum to be a fucking badass. Like, I want him to be, you know, essentially Tobias Harris on – ultimate steroids like I, I want him to be fucking amazing because um, I really like him I think he's fucking like every, all the clips that you see when he's interviewed and everything like he's just a super fucking decent dude um, and whether whether you guys keep uh, Kyrie or not like uh, I definitely like I want him and whether he gets traded or not because if you keep Kyrie he's probably going to New Orleans um, but I I I think the biggest reason that I like him is because, you know, when he was asked about all the trade rumors, he was like, shit, I'd trade me for fucking Anthony Davis too. Like it's a fucking no brainer. Like I don't I don't know like what you want me to think. Like dude, like yeah, that's the perfect fucking answer instead of all these fucking Lakers players who are like bitching and whining and like not fucking giving effort and all that. Um uh, you know, or, or you know, crying that they might be traded um, for Anthony Davis, like a fucking top tier talent. Um, so I don't know. I think that really endeared me to him. Um, but nevertheless, we'll see. We'll see how this series plays out. We'll see how its future plays out. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it'll be something that we follow closely for sure. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I got to talk. Uh, about uh, my uh, B team, the Sixers, uh, and you know them them competing against Toronto, they just annihilated them in Game Three, and I was like so proud. The like, guy was just like, "Yes, like this, like you're the better team, like the like overall you're the better team because like Kawhi Leonard is." the best player on the court, even when Joel Embiid's healthy. I, I don't buy into this notion that, like, well, when Embiid's healthy, he's the best player. No, he's not. Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the court. Um, but, like, I think I said this um, 
on our last show, or maybe or uh, second to last show, uh, that spots two through five pretty much all go to the Philly. Like they're they're just like their starting lineup is just way better than 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 Toronto's, um, and I think we've seen that to some degree, um, but Tobias Harris was not good at all in game four. Missed a lot of open shots. He had 23 shots. He shot 13 threes and hit, I want to say, two of them. Um, it, it, was, it was just bad. It's a bad look. Um, if he makes a couple of those, that whole thing is different. Jimmy Butler has been lights out. He's been fucking great throughout the, like the whole playoff stint. Um, he had a rough go in like game one against the Nets, and since then he's just been like, all right, like I'm, I'm not gonna do that again. Um, I still think Butler's sometimes a little too passive, um, like like passes up opportunities to score to try and set up other players, um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like sometimes he like passes up and he you know hits JJ on a three, and it's like. Okay, that worked. Um, but like other times, he like passes up and like hits Tobias, and then Tobias like misses a shot, you know. Um, so I, I think he probably needs to be a little more aggressive. But I mean, to me, this series right now, it's just it's it's really teetering on. And I think it's interesting because you essentially said um, that you thought that the net series would teeter on this. Um, was whether Embiid's healthy or not. Um, whether Embiid can give you, I don't know, I, I don't even think 100%, just like 75%, um, just more than what he gave you in game four because he didn't give you shit in game four, and they barely lost, and Kawhi was fucking great. Um, I, I think if Embiid can give them uh, – you know, just enough. I think the Sixers win this series, but if he can't, they're not going to win it. Um, it'll, I, I think if he can't, they'll go seven and they'll lose. If he can, I think they'll win it. They'll, they'll win these next two games. Because um, I think if Embiid, like there was a, a spot near the end of that game in game four, we just spun down the lane. I just had this like wide open, like maybe like, five foot floater and just threw it right off the back of the fucking rim. And I was just like, Oh my God, dude, like how the fuck do you miss that shot? Um, he missed a bunch of free throws. Um, like it just like little things like that. It's just like, he, that's not indeed like what's wrong with him. What's going on. And, you know, of course like they, they released something saying he was sick and he was up all night the night before and all that. Um, you just need him to be like, um, like semi-productive. You need him to to give you at least what he, he gave you in Game Two of the fucking Nets uh, series. Like you need him to give you that much. Um, and if they can get him to give him that much, like they're gonna win this series because they're the better team, um, top to bottom. They're the better team. Uh, JJ Redick has been great. Jimmy Butler's been fucking fantastic. Um, Kawhi Leonard has been out of this world fucking good. 
Uh, Siakam was really good in game one, but has struggled since then. I really like, like, the coaching strategies that, are, that have been going on. I was very critical of, um, of Brett Brown in, in, uh, against the Nets and his refusal to run with a small ball lineup of, with Mike Scott at the, the five. Um, I think that was in large part to um, preserve uh, stamina and minutes for these guys going forward, and I, I guess I get that now. Um, but he, he he was totally fine with doing it in in this last game, and I, I I think at times you should do that. I don't think this is necessarily the team you should do that against, but I I would like to see them do that in particular matchups. Um, but I I I think ultimately both coaches have done good jobs. I like Nick Nurse's um, idea of just being like, dude, Siakam just doesn't have it tonight. Um, Let's go with Ibaka at the four and Gasol at the five and just try to, like, bully him and outbig him. And it ended up working out for him, um, obviously. Um, I, I think – I, I don't want to say this, but I've got to say it. I think you're dealing with two coaches right now who are, like, equally good at checkers. Um, like, they're not making chess moves. They're making checkers moves, but they're – they're they're doing it on equal platforms and it's it's fun to watch because they're 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 both making logical smart coaching decisions. I don't think either one of them is doing a bad job at, at what they're doing. Um, I, I also don't think either one of them is doing like like oh my god like this motherfucker has just pulled off some remarkable shit type thing. Um, but I think they're both being very competent and, and, and both teams seem to be well coached I, again I think it just comes down to Embiid what are your thoughts on this series no I completely it's it really does come down to be Kawhi yes he's going to be have he's going to he's just going to do his thing I mean he's really one of the top three best players I mean well it's it's hard right now but like, he's definitely up there in the upper Echelon of players. So you five. knew he was, yeah. yeah. You knew he was going to do his thing, and like you know, we're finally getting to see it healthy. And and other than that, I mean, no one on the Raptors is like scaring me as like if I was a no. was Like it really pains me because no. I had the Raptors winning, but it's just like you guys don't really have anything else. Siakam's not doing it like he did in Game One, so that's what really helped you in. Uh, like Lowry's hit or miss, it's just it's not working. And while yeah, Danny Green hasn't really performed, and the and the Sixers bench has outplayed the Raptors bench, who that makes no fucking sense. Well, I mean, we've talked for like pretty much the whole season and even into the playoffs. Like, well, the big weakness for the Sixers is their bench, and we've talked all season and into the playoffs about how well like. The Raptors have a really deep lineup. They got a really good bench, and they haven't done shit. Yeah, it's it's just crazy, and then it really just boils down to Embiid. I mean, I just saw something today. I mean, just a second ago, come across the screen where they had to give him IVs again. I guess he's still not feeling well, yeah. which is not. I mean, but if he so can do scary. anything, if he can give you like some solid minutes and just you know do do Embiid things, it's it's going to boil down to that, but I think the 76ers are in the best chance of winning this series right now just because 
they're just a lot of, like you said, their their bench is playing better, which is, I don't understand how that's even like you just, because those two benches are polar opposites. I'm like, on like, if they're good or not. They just picked up Greg Monroe and he's been decent. Like, he's been better than fucking, like, the, 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 you know, Raptors' seventh option on their team. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, it's it's going to come down to what – how sick is Embiid? Just, like, where where is he at health-wise? Like, I mean, he had the whole injury last series, and then he came back and he just kind of looked, and now he's getting – like, he's, he's sick. But it's just – if Embiid can go out there and just at least get you – 18, they'll really make make himself known so where you have to zone in where your other players can do the thing. I think the Sixers have a good chance of, yeah, it's in Toronto, which is going to be tough with the crowd and all that, but the crowd in Kawhi can't do it all if the Sixers' whole team is playing the way that they are and it, like, and it'd be like, actually healthy and, and out there doing what they do. So I, it pains me that to say, to see the Sixers are doing well and then my team doing terrible right now. But I do think yeah. it's all in the Sixers' fans right now. I, I I will say this. I disagree with the notion that um, – because I've heard a, a few people say this. I think I heard it on the jump, um, and I heard it in a couple other places that in game four, like the Raptors played like their best basketball and were still only able to, to win, you know, down the stretch, um, that that's not true. <laughs> um, they, the Raptors are not playing their best basketball right now. Like the fucking Lowry has not been good. Um, I mean, like you said, hit or miss. Siakam hasn't been good since game one. He was okay in game two and game three, but he was terrible in game four. Um, not playing up to his potential, uh, in my opinion. Uh, and like Danny Green, like I mean, fuck yeah. The chance to tie up game the, the game two and like to like push that like really push the Sixers, um, you know and and you know potentially take a two nil lead. Um, I, I don't think they're playing their best basketball right now. I think that's I think that's a a a, a, a misinformed opinion. Um, but likewise, I mean obviously because of Embiid, I I don't think the Sixers are, and I, I I do think that regardless of whatever Toronto's best basketball is, if Embiid is on like he's in game three, you're going to get your ass beat. Like, like, there's just so much talent, and when Embiid is on, just, you're just fucked um, in this particular matchup. Um, and I, I, I think Tobias Harris – Shooting as poorly as he did in, in Game Four obviously hurt them. Um, I, I really hope too that like any notion that like Jimmy Butler is like not the second best player on this team is put to has been put to bed. I you know I said this I've said I've said this for a while. Um, Jimmy Butler is fucking better than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons can't shoot. Like, Ben Simmons is great at a lot of things. He can't fucking shoot. Like, Jimmy Butler can, and is still really good at a lot of other things, too. Um, And shooting is 
arguably the most important thing in basketball. Um, so, you know, you, you got to be able to put the ball in the fucking hoop. And Jimmy's way better at that than fucking Ben Simmons. Like, Jimmy Butler's the second best player on this team. I, I hope that argument doesn't happen anymore. I, I hope I just don't hear it anymore. Like, it, 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 and when it's brought up, like, how will Jimmy be as a, 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 you know, a second or maybe third option? No, he's the second option. And he's the first option down the stretch. Um, and as he fucking should be. He's played fucking great. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I, I, I picked the uh, – I think you picked Toronto in seven. I picked them in six. Um, I, I think Philly's going to win this series. I think they'll get enough out of Embiid in game five to win it, and I think they'll win game six. I, th- I, I think they'll win game six regardless, and I think if they don't win game five, they could still win game seven. Um, I, but I, I did not expect – Toronto to it I guess for me personally it's not that I thought um, that I think like Philly is outperforming what I thought they would be able to do for me it's I I think Toronto is just not as good as I thought they were um, honestly Um, and I I, I just think Philly's like a better team I mean do you see it that way now Um, obviously we've already got our picks set up and that is what it is but like I mean going down the stretch I mean as of right now gut feeling do you think Philly's going to win the series no yeah like I I said it like I believe Philly has one more road win and it doesn't matter if it's five they can do it in seven I just if Embiid's sick and and he doesn't play this game then take the loss go back to his home beat him and then dominate him in seven because I just think the way that Philly's playing right now in the way that they just they have more options at the the star level or the big the big time level that have been here. I mean, the Raptors, yeah, they they've been there, but they failed every time. I mean, Lowry's just proving it again. I mean, Siakam was young, but yeah. it's just not a lot when you're going against you know their fourth op their their three slash fourth option could be Simmons right now, and you know he's young, but he's still better than Siakam, so. It's it's all in the Sixers. I just I do think right now they'll win it, and it doesn't matter if they don't get the road win right now. They can get the road win in seven, and they'll do it. Yeah. No. I mean, I I, I totally agree. Um, real quick, do you think Kawhi is with Toronto next season? Yeah, I still think he is. Um, I don't think Toronto this would be considered a fail. Um. Yeah, you can see what you can do in Lakers and all. I mean, I mean, I'm Lakers, uh, Clippers, but I still think um, Toronto's uh, like a. He's seen what he can do right now, and all that. And, and I mean, if they beat this series, I mean, it's going to be tough next. I mean, against Milwaukee, but I just still think I don't know. I I, I still have them in the he'll resign up with them. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I think he's with the Clippers next year. I think there's a lot of like it's not just um, him going home to LA. It's just like I, I think like especially if they lose this series. Um, but I mean, even if they win the series, I don't um, personally. I don't think either team that wins the series is going to beat Milwaukee. Just personally, I think Milwaukee's just fucking like really good, like uh, like great. 
Uh, and so, I, you know, I think that's um, something to consider. Um, I, I would give Philly a better chance at beating Milwaukee um, than Toronto. Just personally, I think um, the matchups and, and, and the star power would, would favor Philly over, over Toronto. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think – I think when it all comes down to it, I think he's going to look at the situation and say, well, like the Clippers aren't a worse situation than what I'm in now. Not necessarily better, but they're not worse, and you get to live in L.A. So, like, why wouldn't you? I, I, I don't know. It just makes logical sense to me. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. All right. Um, let's move on. One final series to talk about. Um, it. it, it Arguably the best series, you know. I've I've obviously said, you know, I I've enjoyed um, Houston, Golden State, at, you know, the most because it has the most value, the most um, repercussions, and all that. Um, but like this fucking series, man, Denver and fucking Portland tied up two two. I mean, we saw Denver um, essentially like fall behind in that San Antonio series. They lost game one. They were able to win game two. They lost game three. They were able to win game four on the road. And then they came back and they won the series. Um, I I like, I don't feel great about my pick of Portland in six. We both picked Portland, Portland in six. Um, I felt really good about it after game three um, in, that, in that quadruple overtime. And I was like, yeah, like Portland's gonna come out in Game Five. They're, or, or, or sorry, Game Four, and and fucking like win this game, and like like it's gonna be it for Denver. Like they they got they got to like you know they got to take their chops and all that. Um, but Denver was not having it. Jamal Murray wasn't having it. Jamal Murray was fucking amazing. Like just like so clutch, hit all of his free throws throughout the game. I think he was like. I had what he shot like 11, 12, 13 free throws. He made all of them. Um, and like, dude, just down the stretch, like was just super fucking clutch. Uh, like it, and, and like has no worries about being in that position about the pressure. Um, Jokic was uh, again, just amazing. Um, he's been, so fucking good in these playoffs. I think he's probably been one of the top three performers in this playoffs, just, like just short of KD and Kawhi um, in any particular way you want to rank those. Um, but, I mean, he's in that top three. Uh, he's been amazing. Dude, that, that one pass that he had, it, and, and I, I know anyone who's listening and watched the game, and I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like it, it it kind of like bends the mind or at least it breaks the mind or at least bends the mind of like, oh my God, like how can someone make that pass and make it work and like take that chance and it dude, he's so fucking good. Jamal Murray is the perfect compliment as like a a tweener um guard. Uh and and Gary Harris has been great defensively uh, and I, I think they just – they have enough – I think 
I think Denver's going to win the series. I do. Um, I said it after game one, and then after game two and game three, I was like, oh, shit. Well, maybe I was, you know, maybe maybe I was, like, getting a little too out in front. And then after game four, I was like, no, I think I was right. I think Denver's going to win this series. We've seen this story play out just a couple weeks ago with, with San Antonio. Um, they just look good. They look – they don't look phased. Paul Millsap, I think, is the perfect – fucking person to have on that team as far as your like um your veteran leadership and i don't know i just i i like denver i do i think they're gonna win it what are your thoughts oh dude denver is just playing absolutely like they're playing really well i mean i i'd still kind of with portland because just because i don't know i mm. i don't want to give up on all my <laughs> every team that I chose, but I do agree <laughs> with what you're saying in that, like, makes sense. Denver is definitely, they they could have won the overtime if they just took out, I, I hate to say it, but they took out Jokic. They could have won that game. He was abysmal to watch. Right. He was not right. doing it. He, he looked was terrible. So I think he might have had three points. I know he was, his negative was, te- like, just absolutely, they should have just and, taken him off. He played what, 65 minutes. That, it was just I like, no. Say, right. And at that third overtime, they were up by four with, like, I don't know, the seconds remaining. It wasn't even a minute. And, like, I was like, I, I, I thought they were going to win it. And then Portland just, yeah, I think they made a three and then, um, you know, played some quality de- uh, defense that, and then made, made another three. I can't remember exactly how the events unfolded. It was a lot of overtime. Um, but – you know they were they were able to overcome uh, in in that overtime period, but I, I Denver had two really good chances to win it at the close of regulation and in that third overtime, and they just couldn't pull it out. Um, but yeah, no, I I kind of agree with you um, that y- you know you probably should have. At, at least at some point, like he he started making like kind of sloppy passes and everything in that overtime, um, and like I I know he's your guy, he's your ride or die guy, but if he's just gassed, like like dude, like just I don't know, fucking try something different. Like Paul Melsop's a big dude, put him at the five and just run with a small ball lineup or something. Um, but you know. I, Ultimately, I can't question too much you sticking with Jokic, especially because, like, you know, Jokic, he's like, you know, he's like I want to play. Um, but 61 minutes for that guy, that's a lot Yeah, I just I just think his legs were dead. I mean, he's, he's a great player, and what he's been able to do, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's got a triple-double in the last three games. He's just playing absolutely, um, like you say, uh, uh, he's he's in the top five performers right now. The playoffs. I mean, and then Jamal Murray too. He's the, he's the unsung hero, dude. I mean, not been getting as much credit. I mean, he's actually been playing really well. He, yeah, he had one bet, like like down game, but besides that, he's been playing some good basketball. And to to hit those free throws for your team down the stretch, especially in like very key situations where you're not up by a lot, you're up by like this free throw will make us go up by two to three. And then this one's three to four. Like, you're always in that, like, I can't. And he was just he was just hitting every free throw. Um, I just – I think the overtime game took a lot out of 
both teams, but Denver is able to bounce back better than it, and it just it paid off in their benefits. But it's it's going to be one of those ones that I could see Portland coming out, especially if they got the rest, and now they're they're two games away from that because they've just basically played they they played five games right now, so they're at like a five game right. series already. So <clears throat> they got away from the 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 long one, so. I, th- I could see Dame having a big game, and McCollum's been playing really good again. Yeah. Um, so God, he's been I great. Could... In that overtime game, man, he was he was he won in that game. Well, it, him and then putting Roddy Hood in, who has fresh legs, that's true. Yeah, Hood. Yeah, yeah, like you're gonna put a guy in that that has fresher legs than anyone out there, and he's one that knows how to get a shot. Yeah. You better be making me those shots, Rodney Hood. Way to try to get some money for yourself. I mean, if he would have done that, I would have been like, man, Rodney Hood, you are just lost in the period. But, you know, I I still think, you know, this game five, even in in Denver, and it's a very hard place to play in. um, But I could just see Dame just just going Dame mode and just being like, you listen. Mm -hmm. I was very tired in game four. I might have still not had my legs left in it, but – I'm about to go in and just just score some buckets. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like in, in Game Four, like he he didn't like he was kind of absent in that fourth quarter. Like it was CJ who kind of took over that, um, and and pretty much like down the stretch of that game, um, he did have some big moments in overtime. But uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Like I think if this playoffs has taught us anything, um, it's that you can't. Uh, you can't really account for when Dame is going to decide to go off. Um, a buddy of mine uh, sent me like the odds on game three or four. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think it was three. And uh, on the on the game, and I was like, dude, I would never ever bet on like this series, any game in this series, because like. Dude, I, I I told him I was like, dude, I it was it was it was game three because it was after it was after game two because I remember I was like, I think Denver's gonna win the series, but like, dude, Dame Lillard, Dame can go off at any fucking time and win his team a game, and you just you game to game, I would not bet on any of them because like, dude, he could just he fucking single handedly win you a fucking game, um and. Like I mean, we saw it in OKC, um, and you're right. I think we're due for one of those moments. I think that'll be Game Six, though. I think this will go seven. Um, I think he'll push it to seven. Um, but hey, if it is Game Five and they're going back home, uh, you know, to close out to potentially close out the series, then I'll then I'll feel really good about my my initial pick. Well, our mutual initial pick of of Blazers and six, um, but uh, but yeah, like I right now I I feel like Denver's gonna win it, um, but uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see how it plays out. Um, all right, man, uh, that's it. We've wrapped everything up. Um, as always, Luke, thanks for joining me. Uh, it was a fun episode, and uh, we'll get back at it uh, very soon, man. All right, thanks for having me again. Peace out. Indeed, sir. Peace. And 
for you listeners out there, we have so much content coming down the pipeline. We have, uh, of course, Wrestling Geeks Alliance tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, so join Dane Al and Chris Patton for another episode of that. Uh, and we'll uh, be back very, very soon for another episode of Full Court Press. We will have our um, uh, end of season awards very soon. We've been very impatiently waiting for uh, Joel to uh, to come back and join us. Um, uh, he uh, has, you know, had some. Uh, I guess we'll just call them personal things that he's had to um, uh, address. So he's been away for a little bit, um, but he's going to be back very, very soon, um, as early as next week. Um, and so we very, very much look forward to that. And so we're going to be having that show come soon. We're going to be covering the draft lottery, uh, which is going to be so exciting, so much fun. Uh, Hawks are getting Zion, calling it now. Uh, much to Juwan's chagrin. Uh, and uh, as well, you know, we have uh, Geeks Against the Grain uh, coming up. More episodes of that. Uh, where, you know, we just argue our, our various points over various topics uh, and get real sweaty about it. Um, we also have Tia's Top Ten. Uh, it is an amazing show. She does such a great job. Uh, and we just, you know, rank our, our, our top ten uh, things for any particular subject, um, mostly geek-related, as that is our MO. Uh, and, of course, as always, Every weekend, join us for Geek Vibes Live, in which we break down the latest news, trailers, highlights, everything that you would want to possibly know uh, from the geek culture community. We do that every weekend, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, uh, and uh, you know we, we break it all down for you and, and give you our spiel, our opinions uh, on that uh, a lot of fun. We always love doing it for you guys. Um, so yeah, that's about the, the, the week in a nutshell. As always, be sure to go to gbnation.com. Check out all of our great articles. Tia writes so many for us. Uh, there are a ton of amazing writers, um, uh, you know, for us that that uh, contribute uh, to this page. I occasionally write some. Uh, I always want to do more, um, and uh, I think in this off season I'm gonna I'm gonna really delve into a lot of various NBA topics. So I'll be sure to share those uh, via social media. Um, uh, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, a- anywhere you get your social media, we're there. Uh, so yeah, uh, hit us up on all of those various platforms. Uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to this show, and we'll see you very very soon. Until then, peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.